the Dallas On Air Studios in beautiful Dallas, Texas. This is the next issue comics podcast here on DallasOnAir.com. And now here's your host, <laughs> Kyle Cottis and Adrian Herring. You now, welcome to the Next Issue Podcast. We're a couple of friends that really like to talk about comic books. Uh, we're here every second and fourth Sunday at uh, Dallas on Air. I uh, hope you guys come and join us. We're right before Just a Sec, which will follow this show. And uh, you can find us on all social medias on Next Issue. Um, so, Adrian, uh, what have you been reading this week? Oh, that's how we're going to start off? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Fine. We're just going to go right into it. We're going to go right. Um, come on, sidekick. <laughs> Wow. Oh, God. This is going to be a long fucking morning. Um, I've been reading, uh, in honor of Halloween, I've been reading uh, Sandman, Volume 1. Much to your chagrin, I got the the current Humble Bumble. Humble Humble Bundle. That's a bumble of a uh, word right there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they had a bunch of horror books or, or um, creepy books, which I'm really looking forward to reading Lock and Key out of that. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, uh, read a little bit of Grant Morrison's Swamp Thing, uh, his run on Swamp Thing, which I think is um, a must read, but especially around this time of year. And... Um, That is about it. Um, was gonna uh, <clears throat> was gonna start uh, Sabrina that dropped on Netflix. I need and it. I was gonna read uh, watch that, but uh, I still haven't caught up on Daredevil. Um, Daredevil's been good. Daredevil's been really good. And um, uh, I know we're gonna talk about it later. But, yeah, but going right back to Ruth, and I haven't had a chance to uh, catch up on Sabrina just yet. But it's, I've heard good things about that too. I've heard like, really good things about it. It's already start. They've already started filming season two. Really? Yes. Jesus. So. Um, so you talked about Sandman. Um, I read, uh, DC's relaunching the, uh, Sandman universe. Like I said, you know, they did the new 52 right. with DC. So they have all these titles that used to be under Vertigo, which was their mm-hmm. dark age, you know, kind of dark brand in the nineties. Right. Um, they do it. They had a new, um, books of magic. Mm-hmm. We had Tim Hunter, which is a lot of people still say was the, where, um, oh, what's her name? Got the idea for, uh, Harry Potter, but. Other than that, uh, it's it's really good. They, like, have you ever read the, have you ever read the original uh, books of magic? No, I'm not. Uh, I'm not. It's like Sandman's. It's a long series, but if you ever get a chance to read the original trade paperback, it was four issues, and okay. each issue is a different style of art. And it's basically what they call the. Um, it's four uh, people in the magic. It's called the uh, trench coat brigade. Okay. So it's Phantom Stranger, Constantine, um, Doctor Occult, and I forget the other guy's name, but basically each one takes Tim Hunter through different realms of magic, through time, through the different like uh, universes of like you know uh, like realms of uh, creatures and stuff. And it's just it's, it's, a, it's almost like a piece of art you can talk talk right. about. So if you ever get the chance to read that, like I mean, are you do you have or are you getting um, the DC universe? Uh, not yet. Do you plan to? Uh, I do plan on doing. Okay. It. Um, is all that on there? Uh, they're slowly getting stuff on. Every time I go back to see, like, if there's a series I'm trying to read, like, mm-hmm. they'll have 36 issues and 38 and 40. So they're taking the time kind of uploading stuff. Mm-hmm. But Well, it takes uh, time to... Well, I, I know, I know but it being... You know, if it was a site, somebody was doing a vigil, I'd say, okay. But, you know, DC, I figure they might have the manpower to kind of get stuff up there faster. Mm-hmm. That's just my opinion. Um, but if you get a chance, read the first, at least the first four issues. Like, it, well, not even the first four issues. Read the original trade paperback for okay. that series. Especially in, you know, lieu of uh, Halloween. Um, but this one is kind of cool because it's Tim 
it's him in high school, and he's yeah. trying. You know, he, he's knows he's supposed to be on track to become one of the greatest, if not the greatest, wizards or warlocks in history. Mm. And it's him in high school, and you know, and people just picking on him, and you know, like he's trying to do these tricks, but they come off as like you know, part time magician part par- yeah. parlor tricks. Mm. And so he finds out one of his teachers actually is a witch, trying to help him figure out what he needs to be doing. And so it's it's him. Going through the stumble stones of trying of is just on the path of becoming the greatest warlock in the DC universe. So, um, what's been your opinion on a uh, Sandman? The art is okay. So, volume one, the art is a little bit off-putting, but um, well, the first couple of issues, and then they switched up artists. It seems, yeah, and they it got yeah, it got a lot better. Yeah, what was it? Sam Keith who did the Max. He did the first four issues, right? right. Yeah. Yeah, I know something. Yeah. <laughs> and um, the art switched up and it got a little bit better. It's a great story. Um, kind of cerebral, which I like that kind of stuff. Um, and to be honest with you, the only reason I'm really reading it isn't just because of Halloween. It's because of any really big comic book fan I've always heard that uh, issue 13 of that series is one of the best single issues ever. And I'm trying to get to that because that story really interests me. So, so okay, um, I had the first trade of paperback and having it for, like, I hate to say, for like the last 10 years, I've really yet to sit down and read it. It got to the point where it was because, I guess in my earlier days, if the art really didn't appeal to me, it was kind of hard to sit down and read the mm-hmm. book. And that's... In my opinion, the salmon. I mean, even though I know it's supposed to be like one of the greatest reads out there, it's just sometimes right. the, art, the art can really keep me from reading something, and I, and I need to do it. But like, what is the issue? What about issue thirteen? What was like? What is it about that um, people say to read it for? It's a issue. I can't remember the guy's name, but um, the endless. He uh, every hundred years or so. Um, I don't know if he. I think. The story of it is that he granted somebody um, immortality. So every hundred yeah. years, he meets up with this guy at a pub, and they talk about what has happened to them over that last hundred years or so. And um, from everybody's description of it, it sounds like something that I would really, really get into. So... Um, I'm just trying to get to that point. I just haven't caught up to that point yet. As soon as I do, I'll definitely come back on. And well, I mean, we know you read slow, so it's okay. <laughs> God. Zach. I got 20 minutes in the pool, man. Come on, Kyle. Just give me how five long, more. How long until I get thrown out the window? Uh, <laughs> Zach, I'll need you to brush up on your comic knowledge because we'll be doing the show by ourselves. <laughs> um, I would recommend, if you get the chance, uh, two books I have read, and I think I've brought it up on this show, is uh, – the Doom Patrol, which we're going to, if people you know are un- with the DC Universe, right. they're going to be appearing in Titans in the next episode. Yeah. And they're getting their own show. but um, And then Animal Man. Both series that kind of started off as more mature, but then became two flagship books for the Vertigo when they started in like 91, 92. Mm-hmm. But those are two series I think if you're really kind of into the, as I know Zach brought up, talk about scary books or yeah. ca- talk about horror books. Those are two I think would be kind of interesting reads. Yeah, that, that that was something I was curious about because again, we are we are in the midst of Halloween. We are in the midst of you know scary season. Uh, I was just curious if there were darker books or books that you that kind of had darker themes, Halloween themes, scary themes that you guys got into at all. The closest I would have to say, and 
as much as I'm not the horror fan as other people are, is my favorite monster since I've been a kid has always been Godzilla. So okay. I have the trade paperback for the Marvel line of Godzilla comics they released, and then I've collected a lot of stuff that Dark Horse comics have released, and now they're under IDW. But, I mean, they've, they, they did one that I would probably have to put in there. It was Godzilla Goes to Hell. It was a, a no. I mean, I, I know it, it's. I know what? it sounds. I know it sounds kind of out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, they were doing a, a, a continuous line about Godzilla, how aliens were invading the planet and taking all the kaiju and making their own clone version of the monsters. And of course, the, the last issue, Godzilla basically sacrifices himself, and um, in a weird sort of way, all the kaiju that are there kind of uh, kind of float him into the water like a Viking send off, and he sinks to the bottom. But like his spirit in the next issue is Godzilla goes to hell. It's like his spirit's in hell. And so it kind of, it's like this dark journey as he's going through like the mystic kind of damnations of, and creatures of hell. And so it, it might sound over the top, but the way they write it wasn't. It's not like some kind of slapstick thing. It's him actually dealing with like actually kind of going through fighting other creatures like Ghidorah or Mothra, but they're creations from the demons of hell. So and it, and it ran for about four issues. How do you destroy what's already destroyed? <laughs> I don't even know the inner machinations of Godzilla's soul. You know, I really shouldn't have had that fourth villager. It's just, it's just too much. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> wow. That is a, like Kyle, I'm not really... Like, more recently, I've gotten into more, like... Everybody, when people think of comics, they think of like the superheroes. Yeah. And I think the more I delve into comics, the more I realize that there are so many different other genres of comics. Right. And horror hasn't really been one that I've gotten into really de- deeply yet. Um, I have read, uh, was it 28 Days of Night? That's a good 30, one. 30 Days of 30, Night. 30 Days of Night. Yeah. Um, because I like vampires. But, yeah. Um, but uh, and I read the I've read the uh, Lin Wing, and uh, what was it? Bernie Wrightson run yeah. of Swamp Thing, and I yeah. read the Alan Moore first couple of volumes of his his run right. um, that really dealt with the occult, and I think he did a really good job with that. I think that's a, a Alan Moore Swamp Thing is a must read period. So. Um, but other than that, I really haven't read that much horror. Okay. Um, well, like I said, I do like a little more horror, but again, uh, like I said, I, I, I'm still kind of new into comics. Um, I was actually kind of, when I was thinking of this question, I was actually thinking along the lines of maybe some of the mainstream titles that play on fear, things like long Halloween, Batman hush, um, uh, you know, even uh, stuff well, that's not necessarily, well, you know that's interesting. Look at that because. Long yeah. Halloween, maybe. Yeah, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't go so much as Hush. Hush is well. Hush pretty much carries on the the holiday. Is it really? You think the, so? Yeah, I mean, because it because whoever, um, what there are the writer? Well, no, no, no. Uh, I got distracted. And don't you say a word? But um. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh, uh, this is going to be a long show. Um, it already is. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they carried on the theme of, of the oh. holiday killer because they started killing on holidays. Well, no, actually. No, not, not in Hush. What are you no, talking no, about? No, no. no you're thinking Dark Victory. More, it was more of. Yeah, I am thinking yeah, of Dark Victory. No, Hush is. Yeah, Jim Lee and Jeff Loeb. And that was yeah, the whole thing yeah, of yeah. Uh, 
Oh, what the hell? I can't. Uh, yeah, hush. He I'm was like, killing like police officers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah. I, Long I, Halloween. Yeah. If you get a chance to go, Tim Sale, yeah. Jeff Loeb, you know, but it's uh, they were killing people on each holiday. Right. Yeah. yeah. That one's. I would say yeah. But I think if you want to just talk about horror in general, Batman. I mean, come on, he's a bat. You know, it's right. of a bat vampires. So. Yeah. And I mean, you take a look at a villain like the Scarecrow, who deals specifically in fear. Fear. Well, yeah. Scarecrow, the Joker. You know, I mean, clowns are thought of as yeah. fear now. I Two Face. Two Face. Uh, Killer Croc. Yeah, I mean all the Clayface. I mean, when you think about it, like all of Batman's like just rogues, which who knows equals how many these days, right. is all based on like darkness and fear. Yeah, and uh, like and and as you get into more of some of the adult comics, you get more into fear based stuff because you get more into uh, stuff like I don't know the Max. Um, uh, one of my favorites since I was thirteen, The Crow. Uh, not necessarily. Oh, that's a really good. Not one. necessarily a fear-based comic, but it's a really dark comic. It is really good and rich. Matter well, of fact, Jim, Jim O'Barr is supposed to be in town at Gas Monkey. Well, he lives he in Dallas. Yeah. He, well, he, well, he's he was doing a Q and A at Gas Monkey, doing a showing of the Crow with a Q and A on the, ah. on the comic. So, which well, I don't know how interesting it's going to be to hear Jim O'Barr talk. <laughs> Still, just, and I, Gas I, Monkey Live of all things. That's just, again, <laughs> yeah. Um, let's go to Marvel. Uh, you want to talk about horror characters? Uh, Blade. You know, I mean, Blade's a good one. Yeah, and then uh, you got, Morbius. And I was just going to go there. It was Spider Man. Uh, well, they have their whole monster uh, Frankenstein, Man thing, um, Werewolf by Night. Oh, well, here. Let me uh, jump over to DC. Creature Commandos. Yeah, a military va- based version. We have uh, a Wolfman, Frankenstein's monster, right. a vampire. You know. Well, we can also include Marvel lines of. Uh, Marvel zombies. Yeah. Oh god. That's that's a, yeah. Okay. Um, we can Walking also, Dead. If you're gonna go other, in that genre. Yeah, we can also go. Oh, Walking Dead's a yeah, really good one. Yeah. Um, well, Black as Night from DC. Although no, that one that one is not even horror based. It's just about like a a space entity coming to eat our sun. That one's really and it's just basically just. Oh no! I'm, no! 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 I'm, no, I'm, no, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking. No, I'm, I'm sorry. No, you're right. Black as Night with the uh, yeah the rings. I'm thinking yeah, something totally different. Yeah. No, I think another line that was in '94, where uh, this thing called the Sun Eater was coming to eat the right, sun. Yeah, okay, sorry. Yeah. Okay. One I feel really far behind on, and I really probably need to pick it up, is uh, the Army of Darkness run. But I think what is it, IDW? There, I think oh, it had to be IDW. No, no. You want to talk about? Okay, so they're about to release a. Um, you know they they were doing they've done Ash versus Freddy versus Jason. Yep. IDW. Mm-hmm. They're about to do. Oh, I can't believe they're doing this. A Army of Darkness Bubba Hotep crossover. Yes. <laughs> Yep. Wait a minute. Do y'all know my my feelings on Bubba Hotep? Oh, please. I got to hear this. If you hate it, I swear I'm walking out. Well, you get to stepping. Um, you, you hate that movie? Dude, that is the whitest movie I've ever watched <laughs> in my life. I mean, and I give everything some slack. But that was hard to get. Uh, that was such a struggle to get through. No, I, I get, I, I, I get there's why only, you say that. There's, <laughs> there's only like five or six movies that I've ever watched in my life where I, where I'm done with it. I'm like... I will never get that 60 or 90 minutes, 120 minutes back. <laughs> I will never own Bubba Hotep, but I love that film when I saw it in the theater. Uh, I, I'm a Bruce Campbell fan through and through. Yeah. I bought the thing. And, and it's not. And, and I'm a Bruce Campbell fan. I went into it wanting to like. I mean, like, I, I hear the same things that, that you guys are saying. Yeah. And so that's how it got me to watch it. And it came on cable one night, and I sat down and watched it. Oh my God! I can. I, I wanted to rewind my life back and, <laughs> and make a better decision. And I've been, and 
See, and this is someone that, that was married to my ex-wife. <laughs> I wanted th- this was the first time in my no. life where I wanted to rewind and, See, and and make a better decision. That was with me and Ashton Kutcher's The Butterfly Effect. I love the butterfly. Oh, effect. I wanted my money. I, I didn't even see in the theater. I saw it at a friend's place, and I wanted my two hours back for that one. Ah, uh, you're insane. <laughs> but going back to Bubba Hotep, it's I love you know I, I, my guilty pleasure are these crossover books that they do. Yes, yeah. that is your guilty pleasure. They did, you know, they did. Uh, oh God, uh, Kurt Russell, uh, Escape from New York meets Big Trouble in Little China. Big Trouble in China. So yeah. now we're getting Army of Darkness and Bubba Hotep. So I'm just like, I got to see what they do with this one. Oh my God. Well, here's the thing about Bubba Hotep. Um, Bruce Campbell is fabulous in it. Yes. Uh, Ossie Davis is phenomenal. Yes. The movie <laughs> is hard to get through. I'm not going to lie. You've got you've got to be a hardcore bad movie fan to get through it because there are some awesome moments. I have my moments. And, but <laughs> it, it, it is a hard movie to get through if you're not. It was such just, a struggle. It, like, yeah. like, 45 minutes into it, I'm sitting there looking at my watch and I'm like, and here's, it, it was like a, um, it was like a train wreck because I'm at home, right? I, I have yeah, the remote yeah. in my hand. Yeah. But you don't I turn it change, off. I didn't change it. And I guess because I, I, I heard such great things about it, I, want, I was hoping like there would be like a, a turn to where this would make this movie such greatness that everybody's talking about. Right. And there was never that turn for me. And on paper, the, the idea is phenomenal. I would have loved mm-hmm. to have read this story. Right. I, would, I would have loved to have read this book. It as a movie, it, it, it yeah. I, I'm with you, Kyle. I'm a bad horror fan aficionado. We'll talk about that in just a sec. This one, uh, this one was hard to get through. I'm not gonna lie. Granted, I haven't seen it since I saw it in the theater. But when I, when I sat there in the theater watching this thing, I thought it was one of the greatest things ever made. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, granted, this is 2005 or uh, four when it came out in the theater. So. Okay. Do better, Kyle. No. Do better. No. Okay. I, I will say this. I'm kind of sad it didn't. Was originally that was supposed to be the no. It was supposed to be a launching point too. for a, uh, a franchise. Was there was rumors that they were going to be doing another movie called Bubba Nosferatu. Yeah, yeah. We were supposed to get a vampire thing, and it, ju- it just never happened. I don't know if that was. I, I wonder why. Or, um, <laughs> no, it, it, it was supposed to happen. Just the the making of it fell apart. Was right. More than the financing than anything. Because so, the movie costs twelve bucks to make anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's a question I have for the panel. And I'm kind of, I'm really, uh, I really wish I had more time this week to, to watch the whole thing. But um, from episode one, I'm hooked because it's one of my favorite comic uh, book stories of all time. How many did you Frank guys Miller, get to watch? Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, how many you guys get to watch Daredevil season three? No, nope. <laughs> but no, but please, please go on. I, I, I'm so behind on. I'm still this, behind. in my opinion, it's the best season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, by far, because I mean, and they take it. They're taking Frank Miller's Born Again Story from 19, I want to say 85 or 86. And they, I mean, they do a pretty damn good job of putting that yeah. in Yeah. We know Born Again is one of my favorite yeah. storylines ever. I mean, and, um, I mean, everything about this. I mean, Vincent D'Onofrio as the kingpin in there really sells it. Right. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't, I've got well, no com- Vincent D'Onofrio always brings it, no matter what he does. But the, the, whether or not you've seen him in films or his role on, uh, Law and Order, Criminal Intent. Right. It's I never saw him as the kind of guy who's going to like I would be afraid to walk in a dark alley because he's going to kill me. Like, right. Turn my head, twist my really? head backwards, or paralyze me. No. I'm really? here. Uh, um, Full Metal Jacket. I never seen it. What? what? Yeah. I just say I've never seen Full Metal Jacket. Oh. 
We don't have to resolve that one. <laughs> it's okay, Adrian. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a guy I have a friend who's still never seen Jaws. You've never seen Jaws? I I've seen Jaws. It's one of my favorite uh, films. I have a friend who's never seen and he's uh, He considers himself a film aficionado. You consider him a friend? Valid. Okay. <laughs> but my point is, um, outside of that, like even when he saw him in uh, Jurassic World, he was still kind of, you know, some guy who's supposed to be military, he's kind of pussified in that film. And, and when he comes off as Kingpin, like he, I mean, he didn't steal the show. Like, I don't think like he's the best part of it, but like it's the ensemble cast. The guy they got is uh, Matt Murdock. The guy they have is Foggy, Karen. Uh, I mean, even Bullseye. I mean, spoilers, Bullseye's in this series. This is an introduction of Bullseye to the Marvel CU or Marvel television, whatever, how you want to count that universe. Right. And he pulls it down to a T. Yeah. Um, something we forgot to mention at the top of the show. Uh, our other co-host, Clay Harrison, is noticeably absent today. Yes. Um, he's dealing with some uh, issues with a family pet, and we wish them all the best. Yes. But Clay has logged in and he says um, he wishes he were here to talk Daredevil and they uh, make Born Again better this season. And Karen Karen is a better character in the show. Oh, God, yeah. Like, you go season one and it's the introduction of these characters. I mean, if you haven't read the comic books, this is this would be a... Unless you've seen the uh, Ben Affleck Daredevil film, this will probably be your first time being introduced to all the different characters. Season two, they went the hand, they went martial arts, they bought Electra, not as strong as season one season three it's like a reintroduction to everything like you know, you know the characters but then you're really finding the origin or the kind of finding the personalities and personas that these people are known for and i think they like and what scares me is we just coming off such an awesome season and now there's talks about netflix possibly killing off daredevil and jessica jones um that's what scares me i don't I, I, I don't know why it scares you um, well, and listen, it's well, inevitable. I mean, here's the deal. I know what you're going to do. You're going to go Disney streaming service, right? Do I know? You're going to go. <laughs> Are you distracted again? Yeah, Clay's <laughs> talking to me. Oh. Um, <laughs> tell, him, tell him to call in. <laughs> I did. Um, the dog is fine. I know. I, okay. he, he's he messaged earlier, so. I, I, right. Um, I do plan on getting Disney service. But do you think that's where they're going to go with those? I don't know because I'm not sure how those. I know Netflix purchased the rights to those characters. Yeah. I don't know how long they are allowed to keep those rights. Um, Usually they. I know that. Well, it's like like movie franchises. As long as you do something with them, you get to keep them longer. But I don't think they're planning on doing anything with them. So I don't know how long we'll have to wait for it to be able to go over to Disney. And I don't know how dark Disney wants to go with their service. Um, it would be cool if they had like a, a a max portion of their subscription service. That's what I'm worried about because it is, is, if it's going to be Disney streaming, are they really going to create like a mature section of the programming for themselves? I mean, I, I know Netflix does it, but that's Netflix. They're like that's like you know, I just Disney was so anal about when they did movies. You know, they right. had, they had to create their own different fran- you know film franchises, Mir- uh, Miramax, uh, right. Touchstone, you know, and. Like I said, I've been busy this week, so I'm not sure. I, I know I got the details a little bit fuzzy on it, but here's the deal. that It all comes down to that creative differences. I know. So um, one party wanted to cut down to like eight or ten episodes. See, I'm okay with that. Honestly. And I'm very good I, with that. I'll be straight up honest. It was hard to get to the page. And I think the other party wanted to stay at 13. 
And um, I don't remember which one was which, but if I had to guess, I would figure it would be Disney because they get more money. Or what, they wanted the 13 if, or they wanted the they want. I think they wanted 13 because <sighs> they get more money. So, but with that, you know, you're looking at cost for Netflix. And I think Netflix is finally going to start running their company like uh, a normal network. Uh, hence, a lot of the cancellations that's happened this year. True. Yeah. So, um, Iron Fist wasn't really that big of a shock to me. Luke Cage wasn't was a little bit more of a shock. Um, but once Luke Cage happens, um, writing's on the wall. The writing's on the wall yeah. for the rest of them. Um, Luke Cage was already halfway done writing season three yeah. when they canceled that. Um, there has been no work. Um, Jessica Jones and Punisher are both in the can. There he is. Are both in the can. So, um, but there has not been any work on Jessica Jones. Go ahead, three. caller. You're on the air. Hey. Hey now. Hey. Ladies and gentlemen, it's our other host, Clay Harrison, on the phone with us. Hey, Clay. Sorry, I had y'all on speaker. Yeah, I wanted to call in and talk some Daredevil. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. The hallway fight, the prison escape in this episode was a 10-minute, one-take shot. What did y'all think? I haven't gotten that far yet. Aw, Adrian. Oh, oh, Do you watch TV like you read? <laughs> it was amazing. We spoil everything. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, on this, yes. this Halloween episode of Just a Sec, we will watch... Kyle die <laughs> on, or live, attempt to fly. on live podcast. Right. Ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, but, I was re- I was really had to come in and talk Daredevil with you guys, and then uh, Colin Colin got into some gum. And for those of you who don't know, that sweetener and gum is usually poisonous to dogs. Jesus. So we t- had to take him in and basically just watch him. So we've just been monitoring him all weekend, and I just got a great call. He's been doing great. He's 14 years old with a heart murmur and blind, so he's got a lot against him. Right. <laughs> and, Without and, you leaving and, gum all over the house. And I was just not sure. So it was great to get good news and how well he was doing this morning. So uh, I'm, in, I'm in a way better place than I was yesterday. That's good. So, so we were kind of discussing this the other day, you and I offline, and uh, – you absolutely love this season of Daredevil. And, uh, I do. I do. You think they did a better job of Born Again with this. And you, um, I guess we can do spoilers. I mean, it's been released. And to be honest with you, there's only one person watching this show. So, But um, you said there was a storyline from the comics that they did that you really loved. Can you touch on that a little bit? Well, the thing with... This was probably one of my earliest Daredevil stories, so finding a story that was about crime – and, I mean, if you read uh, the series, Daredevil doesn't fight for a long time in there. So if they were going to adapt a book, this seems like the weirdest one to adapt because you would have an action hero not doing anything for the first half of the series. So they the way they brought it in made it a lot better, taking Karen from being – a drug addict, a um, a porn star, um, just burned out on life, and turning her into a better character. You can be dark and gritty without making her the victim. Right. Um, I really enjoyed Karen's backstory. In fact, 
I, I've had, I've been arguing with people. A lot of people don't like Karen Page. They think she's whiny and a crybaby. Uh, a little bit. Do y'all get that? A little bit. A little bit? No. I mean, if you know oh, the character uh, in the comic books, that didn't bother me. Well, I get across, like, the thing about Karen is that she can be whiny and a crybaby, but at the same time, they're also able to pull off that she's a very strong woman, if that makes yeah. any sense. So, um, I, I actually like, I actually like her. I want to point out for anyone who does not like Karen and, uh, yeah, it's a crying scene, but it's, it's, uh, really Deborah takes the character in one moment and really defines it for me. She's in her car and she has to call home for help. And she just does this scene by herself and she knows the answer when she's calling. She already knows, I feel like, and that whole scene plays out, and it breaks your heart. Right. And sometimes I think Karen is there to break your heart. And that's, that's And when you – yeah? No, I'm, that's what I'm saying. It's like when you're talking about crying, crying and whiny, the character I go to with that is Felicity on Arrow. She annoys oh, the fuck out of me. <laughs> but with Karen, it's like whether or not she has those moments where she is sad or where she is maybe a little whiny, it's because that's what the character is going through. She's gone through so much crap that you, right. you had to make her believe it, and you feel like she's – had so much damage to her, and I she's think, trying to be stronger. I think, yeah. As a, as a series as a whole, one, season one, two, and three, that they took a character that in the comics I really could care, I really couldn't care anything less about, and made her into a very strong character. Um, I will say this: uh, full disclosure that uh, Deborah Ann Wall is in my top five. Um, <laughs> yeah, she can't do anything. Hey, now. Dun, dun, dun. She has been since uh, True Blood. So, was she in True Blood? Huh? Is she in True Blood? Or no, yeah, never seen it. What? Well, then I'm going to really recommend that you catch up to her origin episode because the beginning yeah. of that episode might do a little something for you. I, I hope so. I look forward to it. <laughs> um, while we have you on the phone, uh, is there any Halloween theme or horror based comics you would recommend to our, our listeners? Uh, you know, I love Steve Niles. Uh, I love Bernie Wrightson. Uh, it's Bernie's birthday today. Wow. If you don't know who Bernie Wrightson is, go out, just Google, Google Bernie Wrightson art and just stare at his art for hours because man, that guy was dedicated to his craft. You know what the funny thing? Put out um, incredible stuff. You know, we all know that my Bernie Wrightson story, but if you do go that, go that route and Google him and look at his art, I will venture to say and make this claim that I think his black and white just inks are you know uh, sketches and inks are better than anything in color um, the one <laughs> the one print I have of his uh, his swamp thing is just nothing but black and white and it is detailed and gritty and grimy and it is just absolutely beautiful and all it is is just sketches and ink or pencil and ink. And it, it's it, it really makes you well, it, to me, it makes you appreciate the artists who do the backgrounds. When you see an artist who doesn't do a background, don't you go, come on. Well, but, you know, well, there's you, don't, a, you don't do feet, you don't do backgrounds, but Bernie spent 10 hours drawing a tree in the background to make you just thumb through it. <laughs> right. Well, there's that one. Uh, anytime I think of Bernie, um, I think of that one original that that I think was up for sale recently, but, um, it's, uh, was it Frankenstein, uh, Dr. Frankenstein's, uh, laboratory. Yeah. Um, I think I know exact. 
the exact page because Steve yeah. Niles tweeted that out today as one of his favorite pages. That's not it, but that is absolutely beautiful. Oh, um, the, oh really? The, well, no, no, uh, no. Uh, Zach had showed me a, a picture, and uh, but yeah, I know what you're talking about. The the one of uh, Frankenstein or Frankenstein's lair, it looks like, and it is so detailed. It is just absolutely gorgeous. So yeah, I would definitely. He's one of my favorite. I guess because I I had mentioned the Swamp Thing, um, that Wrightson's run on Swamp Thing is probably one of the best horror comics to read, and also Alan yeah. Moore's run is fantastic. Oh, definitely, definitely. A lot of people just go to Alan Moore and never go anywhere else. But if you're not looking at the Bernie Wrightson art, you're really just cheating yourself. True that. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to call up some here as we're talking. Um, have you been watching anything on DC All Access, or has you changed your mind um, on Titans? Oh, I, 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 I have. I, I have been uh, disappointed in Titans. Really? Yep. Yeah. Well, I guess I'll be the uh, um, defending advocate on the next uh, time we talk about it. I really, for me, Corey is the character that they've done so wrong that it's. I don't know. I'm just, you know, I know she doesn't know who she are, she is at this point, but they've taken away like so Innoc much of who I thought the character was out of the books. Like the innocence, like her just being like a a, str a stranger in a, a foreign yeah. world. Yeah, and then they said that, uh, and, and I think I saw online an interview that they said, "Well, these titans are killers," and I'm like, "Ooh, that's <laughs> is that really where you want to go with this?" Is that really uh, one of those? Is that like a promo pitch? That the, these titans that are killers? That. That, was, that was someone, I think, in the writer's room or something that said that. And I was like, this is the worst. And then the fact that, like, to me, the, the character that might be a killer would be Raven, and she would be so distraught over it. Corey yeah. does it, and it's like she's, Yeah, you know, but no, but in the defense, in the defense like, and even in the comic books, I mean, she's a warrior, so if she has to take an innocent life, you know, not innocent life, but if she has to take a life to defend herself, she's she'll do it. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and I've had to go back and forth with it. I, I argue with Aaron up at uh, Urban Legends about this Titans team because he says Robin is in that place. You guys just don't know where Robin is. Robin's in that place where he would say F Batman and, and have this kind of, you know, edge to him. Yeah, uh, but that, I, I mean, the, the thing about they that do a is. For example, of of selling it in the show. Well, like they keep showing this man in the background and these notes from Bruce Wayne. I really don't care. Give me a, a simple cut dry reason why Robin is gritty and let's move on. But here, here's the thing though. If they're going to go with F Batman, Robin is a, is a quote unquote killer now. Then they not, should, he hasn't killed anybody. Not yet. But if that's the, the, the tone they're going to take, then they shouldn't have went with uh, the Robin they chose. They should have went with Damian Wayne. Right, yeah, but I they think that's a great but, pick. Do what now? I think that's a great pick. Because yeah, but, that version of Robin would be different and would create a c completely different Titans team. And I haven't and watched I it, but Dam I, from Dam what Dam I understand, the leader of that team. And from what I understand, they went with Tim Drake. Is that correct? No, well, huh? Nope. No, it's Dick, it's Grayson. Dick, Dick Grayson. Grayson. Is it Dick Grayson? Yeah. Okay. And then we're getting Jason Todd in episode six. I think. Okay. Okay. It, even, neither one of those I would consider a. Freaking killer! No, no, so, wait, wait, no! I'm sorry, huh? Jason Todd, the Red Hood. Well, now he is, but when he was Robin, I wouldn't think. No, that. but even back when he was Robin, that's the reason. But Batman was even like questioning him being Robin because he was going more brutal with the with the thugs, and even Batman was. He, there was before he in, in okay. Death of the Family, 
Batman had to pull him off the ranks because he was almost ter- like almost crippling uh, like the okay. crooks, and he's like, "You need some time off," and that's when he decided to look for his mother. Oh, that's true. But I just don't like. I don't like. I said the only Robin I consider like a true killer would be um, Damien. I, no, I'd I'd have to say uh, what do you call it, uh, Jason? Because it, at least Damien. You know, he he may have been trained by the League of Assassins, but he, being with under Batman's tutelage, he's you know hasn't killed. He might have a, like a darker side. Jason, he's like, hey, if you if you hurt anybody by means, gun in the head. You know, he's like the Punisher. He literally is like the Punisher now. Like he he has no. Well, problem. I, think, I think one point though too is is we're getting a Robin that's leaving Batman. So when when we have a uh, sidekick who is leaving for a reason, we should kind of know the reason and get to, yeah. a, to a place where we go, this is why he's making these decisions. And we really don't know. They keep kind of filtering in this little bit of an origin of where Robin has come from that I don't think we need. Oh, my God. I just saw myself. I look tired. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What, what, Do next, what? I'll say this much. The next episode, we get Doom Patrol. Yes. So that I'm one. Super excited for that. Yeah. I mean, just, just that last image in the trailer right. where you get Robot Man, it was like, yo, giggles. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> what do you guys want to see on DC Universe? Because I know you guys are all gung-ho about this, and I don't even have a reason to give them 10 bucks a month. Uh, well, I mean, it's going to take a while for them to get a lot more of the content I'm really excited about, but uh, Stargirl. I mean, I mean, like I have to say anything there. Right. If you've been listening for the last year, you know my love for our man, and this is going to be James Robinson doing Star Girl. So it's like I'm really excited about that. And then we've got Young Justice season three coming out. I am excited. For I, Young I, Justice. I got a question for for Kyle. If uh, if we get Star Girl and we get a James Knight uh, cameo, who do you want? You mean Jack Knight? Jack Knight. I'm sorry. Jesus, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll lose it. I would rather yeah. almost. I'd rather a guest appearance, but yeah, I'll, I'll take what I can get. What if he showed up to mentor her? Yeah, take my money now. <laughs> if, they <can> get, <laughs> if they can say, "Hey, Jack Knight will be a part of the the, the reoccurring characters," I'm just like, "Here's my here's my seventy five for the year." <laughs> yeah. Other than that, I mean, I, I enjoy the DC Daily. I enjoy uh, them talking about this stuff. Now you can tell that they put such a positive spin that nobody speaks negatively about any of it. <laughs> right. But they really need to address that Titans is not a strong show. I, I mean, it's just it's gritty to be for dark and gritty again. Uh, with it's no purpose. I'm gonna wait till this. I mean, I, I'm I was questioning the or, uh, the pilot. I've changed my tune a little bit with since season episode oh Jesus season two episode two and three I want to see how it finishes out season one just because it's like every other fanboy's argument about whether it be the movies or different TV shows it's not like the comic books it's like it's a different setting different universe wait till it pans out and see how the first season plays out before you, I'm, before I give my final judgment on that okay hey Clay do you like it better than than the Runaways oh I'm, I I bet you anything Runaways I haven't watched Runaways yet but I'm pretty sure it's a better show. Everybody I've talked it, to. It is a better show because I, I, I watched five episodes of Runaways and I didn't care. Yeah. Are we excited? So about, I never finished it. Are we excited about the animated versions of Swamp Thing and Harley Quinn? Yes. Yes. Okay. No, no, no. I thought Swamp uh, Thing was going to be live action. No. Yeah, it's uh, going to be live action because yeah. they cast. I, I thought, uh, no, it's live action. Derek Means is uh, Swamp Thing. I thought it was animated. No, nah. Harley okay. Quinn's animated. No, for sure. no, no. Yeah, Harley Quinn was animated yeah. for sure. I mean, as bad yeah, as it was, I, I still watch episodes of the 1990s. Ron, Ron Funches is going to be in it. Wait, what? Yeah, if you're listening to the Ron Funches podcast, he was talking about doing work for the DC Harlequin movie. 
Um, Shut up. Uh, yeah, yeah. Kyle is, Aren't you distracted? Is, no, no. I, <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, my co-hosts are dicks. Um, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't hear what happened. Wow. Um, Kyle is, can't get into the Ron Funches podcast. It's hard getting to the show. I tried, but I don't, there's something different about the way he is on the show that just... I've seen him do live stand-up, and it's just... He, he's a different... It's a different tone than I'm used to. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, he did a, an episode with Danny Pudi this past week that might help you get this. I'll, I'll probably listen to that one. The last one I listened to it was I. I don't remember who the guest was. It was like I think it was the episode that came out the week you told us about it, and it was just he sits there and he's just being all like it was. He was coming off. Well, um, I'll, I'll give you this: the first episode was a struggle even for me to get through. Okay. But um, I think it, it's in podcast and it gets better. Uh, I skipped forward and we got to the X Pac uh, uh, episode. And that was fantastic. And I'm looking forward to, to, to the Danny Pudi. I think that's the hard thing, especially with a lot of podcasts. It's like he's still trying to feel what the podcast is right. supposed to be. And so right. I think he hasn't found that I mean, the, the I straight formula he, I yet. think he uh, made that very clear in the first that he doesn't know yeah. what it, it's supposed to be. He just it's, – it's like when we started Just a Sec, we didn't know what it was supposed to be. We just knew we wanted to do a podcast. Yeah. And it yeah. took us a while to get our feet under us. And I think even though he's uh, – a celebrity comedian, I yeah. think, that he's going well, through normal podcasts. Well, not even that. He's his, the stuff. And I, I get all comedians have to evolve with their, their, what's the, the, the material they have to use for the thing. Right. And he's changed a lot, you know, having lost a lot of the weight and, mm. you know, and all this stuff. His, his jokes are – and he still has a lot of the same jokes, but it's a different tone and different coming from a different place than when he yeah. first started out. Like I first knew him from watching Undateable. And right. so he's come – he's done a total like 180 from how he was there. So. Right. I, I – being a guy who who suffers from depression, it it's a very fresh take, and you, you don't see a lot of people having open and honest discussions about them being depressed, or how they've dealt with it, or how that. Did we lose Clay? They, yeah, we did. <laughs> Sorry about that, Clay. And okay. um, I just think it's a fresh take on like having open dialogue about depression and also he's funny and so he is, and, he and he's a true he's a true fan um he's a lot like me where you know he's a fan of wrestling he's a he's a, yeah. he, he's in the nerd stuff he's in the sports and he's just a fan but he's I, also a celebrity and you so. know i think that's where I, I think i may have had the issue it's because and you just said the same thing i've been I haven't really talked about it, but i've been dealing with a lot of depression myself lately, right. and, and it's just been frustrated with a lot of the projects I'm trying to work on. I'm so gun ho about trying to do all this stuff, and I think that's one thing about next issue and just a second that helps out is because I can come in and somebody else has got the reins for this one. So. Right. And and I listen to that, and I know he's having his problems, and half the time I want to listen to a podcast so I can forget about my problems. And right. when I'm listening to him there talk about all the shit he has to deal with. It's like I don't need this right now. I can, I can tell you this that if you stick with it, it really has helped me because there's just he talks about things where. You get to a point where, oh, I've dealt with that. This is funny because yeah. I've dealt with that. And, you know, oh, he's right about this, you know, and man, mm -hmm. that's a funny. He talked about something about um, 
uh, things of value and how, um, you know, I've been dealing with my weight issues and losing weight. And he was talking about how he has lost weight yeah. and talking about his rule. Number one is that he doesn't buy anything that's advertised. He goes, if you notice anything that is, oh, that was a that, Zach Galifianakis quote, right? He said, how did, how did you lose weight? And he goes, I don't buy food that advertises to me. Right. Because anything of value doesn't need to be advertised. You know what it is. Yeah. And yeah. And I, that hit me very hard because I've been trying to find my own value in life. I don't, I so it, 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 how did we get? Right. Ruiz, you had to go in, it would throw me into the den with a himbo and I like him on oh, podcast. I threw you under the bus. <laughs> yeah. I threw hey, you under the bus. We're all getting better. That's what Ron says. And I love that because it doesn't matter. We're all getting better. We're yeah. all getting better. Well, I like the one episode I did listen to. He's like saying how he was trying to like, you know, it was, um, do it, not abstinence, the wrong word, but how he's cutting out sugar and cutting out right, weed. Yeah, yeah. He goes, yeah, I'm going to keep going, uh, keep cutting out sugar, but weed, that's my favorite thing. Right. <laughs> Me too, Ron. Me too. <laughs> I, I think, though, uh, when you do have problems and you do listen to his show, you start to think about yours. But when he goes into his own and he talks about working through it and just says, I'm getting better. Like he, it doesn't matter because he even doesn't have a plan. He recognizes the problem yeah. and he wants to do better. And I think that that's a motivator for me. I mean, that's right. why I've, I'm trying to do a lot of stuff and, and be better about it. And, uh, it, the show helps. I mean, I it, does, it, it really it, does uh, help. I'm glad you turned me on to it. Yeah. I'll, well, the, yeah. the fact you, you said the last, most recent episode is Danny Pudi. Yes. I'll, yeah. have to, I'll have to listen to that one. I'll give okay. it a shot. All right, guys, we are running out of time. So, uh, what do you recommend reading this week? Uh, Let's start with Kyle. Uh, Adrian? Recommended reading. Hang on, i got to think a second. Uh, um, uh, oh, what? what? Uh, Old Man Hawkeye okay. keeps getting better with every issue. It is a phenomenal story, and the art is freaking beautiful. Um. Something I plan on getting into this week is um, because it is Jason Aaron, or because of Jason Aaron, his uh, his Avengers run. Mm-hmm. I heard that uh, really good things about that, um, and I do recommend reading Sandman. Uh, like I, I yeah, know that, first that volume. I know that the um, the art is something a little bit to get past, but I think the story is. It's Neil Gaiman, yeah. so it, it, it it's what made it. Despite some of the flaws in the art, I think it was what made it a classic. Um, two recommendations: one coming off Daredevil season three, read uh, Born Again, Frank oh, Miller's. Yes. Definitely read before Born the man went insane. If you like season three of Daredevil, yeah. you have to. Read and Born Again. only because I've been having a lot of discussion about DC TV and a whole bunch of other stuff, trying to explain the multiverse. Just because I've gone back and reread it, um, if you can find the trade paperback, Crisis on Infinite Earths. If you want to un- kind of understand what the multiverse right. really is and kind of get a, a comprehension for it, it's twelve issue trade paperback, but it's it's really awesome art, really good story. Give it a shot. Oh, and last episode, I couldn't think of the Ted Cord story that I absolutely love, and it's Countdown to Infinite Crisis. Gotcha. And uh, where he, well, we won't spoil the ending for, it, but it's one of my favorite Ted Cord stories. He's been cravened. Yes. <laughs> I was gonna say, Clay, Clay, what do you recommend? Every story is, is Craven Dog. <laughs> Clay, what do you recommend this week? 
my heroes have always been Junkies by Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. Nice. It's uh, out in hardback. It is a great, fantastic read. Uh, Sean Phillips' art is really on point, uh, and Brubaker is outstanding Brubaker. All right. I also want to say that uh, I think we will be at Dallas Comic Book Show, if I'm not mistaken, on the 16th and 17th. Are we? One of those days. Hadn't gotten confirmation. I don't. Haven't gotten stay confirmation, tuned. but. Way to jump the gun. Well, I, I thought we were. <laughs> At least we're going we're for working a visit, on it. So. If you'd attend a production meeting every once in a while. But listen. Um, <laughs> I got to work, man. <laughs> I do too. Uh huh. <laughs> We do also hope to be bringing you a long format uh, pre-recorded show uh, very soon in the, next, uh, couple, in the next couple of weeks. So stay tuned for that uh, on uh, the next issue, uh, Facebook and uh, wherever else we uh, air. Which, by the way, where do we air? Where uh, can you find us? You can find us at nextissuepodcast at pod.podbean.com. You can find us on facebook.com. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Next Issue Podcast, Facebook, uh, sorry, dot com, Next Issue Podcast, uh, iTunes, iTunes, Next Issue Podcast, Google Stitcher, Google Play, Stitcher, basically just look up Next Issue Podcast. Cool. And Kyle, where can we find you? Uh, at Kylepedia or Kyle Connors on most social medias. How about you, Adrian? You can find me undistracted at, at Adrian underscore Harry. Never. Clay, where can we find you? You can find me on the Twitters at Clay underscore Harrison. All right, guys, this has been Next Issue Comics Podcast. Stay tuned for just a sec right here on DallasOnAir.com. Thank you for spending Talk Nerdy to Me Sunday with us right here on Dallas On Air. Appreciate your time. Let's get out of here, guys. Thanks for calling in, Clay. See ya. Love you. Love you, guys. Get better, Colin. DallasOnAir.com.